Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 5 of Yellow Jackets, Two Truths and a Lie, may be over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps, doing a deep dive into every episode of Season 2. If you want to make sure you don't miss a single podcast, be sure to subscribe at postshowrecaps.com slash yellowjackets, or search Yellow Jackets in your podcatcher of choice. You can also go to postshowrecaps.com slash subscribe to see some of the top shows we're covering now, and subscribe to all of the podcasts. If you want ad-free versions, make sure you become a patron at postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon. I'm Jess Sterling, and I'm here with my co-host, who might be a descendant of Barry Manilow, Marissa Garza. With this voice? Yeah, I could be. I could be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm here. And I am loving the uh, VHS callouts in this episode. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Loving it. I have to say, I don't know that a single episode this season has missed for me. Agreed. So far. Agreed. Like, and I think they keep building. Every episode, there's like more and more and more. And I, I watch it, you know, I watch it a few times, right? Like I'm notorious for that. As we do. And uh, I'll watch the episode one time and I'll have like a few theories to cherry pick, right? And then I'm like, okay, I got to watch it again to like do my notes and make sure I'm really diving deep into things. And I feel like I thought of every possible thing. And then... The Reddit hits. I know. <laughs> and then know. the feedback hits. And I'm like, oh, my brain, every single week, I'm that emoji with, like, the brains, like, coming out the top every single week. I feel like it's, like, looking through a kaleidoscope. Like, I'm looking at the same thing, but there's so many different versions of what yes. I just watched. Every single time I watch it, every time I look at, at some piece of feedback. First of all, thank you, everyone, for contributing to this conversation. So feedback, it yes. makes the entire experience, like, so great. And we love mm-hmm. that we're having this conversation with you. Yeah, so if you want to send in your feedback, don't forget pushyourrecaps.com slash buzz, buzz, buzz for the show feedback for us. Every single time I have it, like, because we use a Google form if you haven't submitted anything yet, and I have it set up so I get email alerts. And every single time I get the email alert of, like, someone has left feedback, I my, like, my little heart is, like, so happy. And I, like, click it immediately because I need to see what all of you guys have said. <laughs> um, but, of course, this isn't the only podcast. We do the early buzz with myself uh, and Grace this week on Fridays. And then later this week, we're going to have Succession versus Yellow Jackets. Josh is away, so I am subbing in with LT, Ooh. which you know I love Yellow Jackets and Succession. So yes. kind of a dream come true to talk about them in tandem. Um, and we have to put it out on the radar for everyone. There is a skip week next week um, for the show. Yeah, not for, for the, the show. podcast. Yeah, randomly, <laughs> randomly, the girls are abandoning us for a week. We don't know what's going on, but mm-hmm. we will be here for you. 
we we here for you we here um, for you always <laughs> and we're gonna stay be uh joining being joined by a special guest next week um to do a little bit of a special podcast basically uh looking at trauma through the lens of yellow jackets and how each character is processing their trauma separately i mean marissa this is a you podcast. We gotta have not not the show you, but you are on this podcast. Meaning we have to discuss trauma in depth at some point. So there we it go. Was, yeah, it was it was uh, funny. I saw a meme actually about like the trauma on Ted Lasso and the trauma on Yellow Jackets, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my life. Yes, and you had podcasts or you had posted a um a TikTok. I think it was like Jamie Lee. Was it Jamie Lee yes, Curtis? Yes. And she was like trauma, trauma. It was like a supercut of every time she says generational trauma. Um, and it was yeah. Very, I mean. Very I promise it'll be a fun and entertaining podcast. Oh, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun because, well, we have a little bit of a break in the show so we can kind of take a breath, a little moment, and really di- dive deep into some of the the ways in which trauma is depicted on the show. So I'm yeah. really excited, especially because our special guest is very, very special to us. So Indeed. I'm really excited about that. Um, but should we get into the proper recap of Two Truths and a Lie? I believe that is a truth that we shall investigate yes, yes. <laughs> uh we start off in present day um while we're at while you were streaming and we have what's up by four non-blondes playing just amazing classic soundtrack so good classic um van puts her vhs into one of those automatic rewinders that is in the shape of like a sports car this is amazing <laughs> they existed it was like a whole thing yeah so all, of, all of the accessories you could get for your vhs tapes including race car rewinders yes uh we see van sloppily eating a donut she has a stack of vhs tapes that she takes downstairs to her shop and we see tons of past due notices coming on like as mail underneath the door this Mm. tracks for me marissa Mm -hmm. that like uh, a store that is basically intended for nostalgia's sake of vhs's probably wouldn't be doing so well yeah i don't know it was interesting because we saw some people like walk in in the store and they're like so but i was like what are you what are you gonna do the teen, yeah the teen boys who are like what is the what are these boxy things and i'm like get out of here child i did like that van was like we also rent vhs players in case yeah, you need VCRs, one. We need yeah. Them. yeah and so this uh the, the one girl who seems to be her sole customer comes in she's like oh my god party girl is my new favorite uh then we see so we we kind of already had this moment in the end of last episode mm. where ty enters but she appears to like collapse right as we go to the theme song yeah like stuff i don't know what do you think that's about do you think it's because of the energy between the two of them do you think it was a switch between ty and isa i thought it was a switch between ty and isa but like then when we get back to them later i don't really know it could just be like overwhelming i mean she did travel like hike you know hitchhike she could be really hungry could be all of those things combined just like a lot going on um yeah it was interesting the way they did it and we go back to our regular theme song yeah on a smart set my ears were wide open, but I did not hear her. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next. I mean, I'm open to them pulling in more 90s artists or just like flipping back and forth between the Alanis Morissette and the the regular theme. But um, it is kind of curious how they only had it for the one episode. Yeah. I know there will probably be some analysis after the season is done. Why? Why was Why? one episode? <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but we're back in 1996. We're in the cabin. It does look like some of the snow is melting. Mm-hmm. Some time has passed for sure since the last time that we saw the, the girls. I'm really, how are, how are you liking Marissa that the passage of time specifically in 1996 for the, for the season? 
Uh, as compared to last season? Yeah, because last season it felt more like one day at a time type of thing. I yeah. feel like we've had a lot of jumps in time in 1996, specifically this season. I feel like the one day at a time is definitely in the present timeline. And we're yeah. we're getting just more character development. And, more, and due to that, that's why the time jumps are happening in 1996. Yeah. Because there's just, there's a lot to do in that timeline. What, well, we, so we have like 18 or 19 forward. months. Yeah. 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 To get through. And on top of that, I think when you have just like starving teens in the winter hunkered down in a cabin, you kind of need to skip through time a little bit because it's going to be okay. Well, they sit inside again and they're hungry. You know, like it makes sense to to move forward a little bit. Um, yep. We see Ty wake up alone. Van has already gotten up. Uh, Shauna is absolutely miserable. She she. I mean, even the beginning of this episode, Marissa, I was like, oh my god, yeah. that baby gonna get here <laughs> yeah. soon. I was like, is now? Is this happening? Is this the thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's almost there for sure. Yeah. Uh, Van comes in. She tells Ty they're about to start. And Shauna gives Ty shit for going to Lottie's quote unquote woo woo bullshit. <laughs> uh, and we find hey. out <laughs> it is woo woo. <laughs> it is woo woo. It has yet to be seen if it is bullshit or not. <laughs> yes, we don't know. Um, but we find out Ty tells us that she has stopped sleepwalking since she started going to these kind of uh, tree. This tree cult is what Shauna will call it later. Yeah, that's um, interesting, isn't it? Like, what did you think about that? Like- so, I mean, I kind of looked at it as like, honestly, when you look at what Lottie is doing, it's very much meditation. It, it's like breathe yeah. in, breathe out, focus on things around you. Um, I know I, I want to, I'm so sorry. I, I know I read this somewhere at some point, but it very much feels like uh, almost like a Better Call Saul. If you watch Better Call Saul, when Chuck is like, the grass is green, the sky is blue. Mm-hmm. Like you center yourself. Get you know getting yourself back to reality and yes. it feels like that's what they're doing and so like whether or not ty wants to admit what's causing her to not sleepwalk it could just be enough that she's meditating her mind is focused elsewhere yeah um, you know it could also be uh van is super happy that she is like taking steps and making van happy makes ty happy and the less stressed you are um the less likely you are to to sleepwalk right Uh, i think it's a combination of both i think like the less stress comes from both you know van being happy and the centering aspect of the meditation that's happening out there i think if we think of the two personalities of ty and isa uh a lot of the conflict that we see in this character is when these two personalities are pulled apart from each other going in separate directions and this is an activity that kind of aligns them in one yes centered experience and so yeah I think it's all playing into that but I think um it was really smart to have that be like a side effect or a result yeah because you don't we also don't know like we don't know if it is more um logical I guess like man of faith man of science type stuff right if you're going man of science it's well she is she's doing peaceful meditation which is getting her mind off of what's causing her the trauma to sleepwalk or if you want to go more supernatural okay, Ty is opening herself up to the possibility that there is something supernatural going on. And therefore Issa is pleased and Issa doesn't feel the need to come out at night, right? Like I'm loving, I have to admit, I'm loving what the show is doing and giving us both options in multiple ways. Not only this episode, but this whole season. It feels like we're really riding that line between supernatural and realism. And it's really an interesting show to be watching in 2023, given all of the talks of, you know, science, not science, like just science is a topic that we live in every day. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how the show's exploring that. I just yes. think this is a very well-timed show. It is. 
Uh, so we go outside and we see Lottie, uh, sitting, everyone is kind of sitting in a circle. It feels very yoga-y to me where they take a breath and then she says, what do we feel? Yes. And Mari says, I feel the cold. It makes my cheeks burn, but it makes me feel really awake. Van says, it makes me feel alive. We see Akila join them. We find out this is her first time kind of joining, uh, Lottie's circle. Uh, what do we hear? Travis says, we hear the wind. And it's interesting because again, in this moment, we're mm-hmm. almost following the wilderness, right? It feels like the camera is the wilderness that is spying on this meditation because we're kind of peeking at them behind branches. And it, it feels almost similar, Marissa, to me, the moment when um, the the snow fell on Jackie's body. Like mm-hmm. we're kind of – it's an out-of-body. We are the wilderness, yeah, it did feel like a, like a little personification moment happening there. But I also was like, is the moose coming back? Is there a bear? Like I was, it could have been so many, or is it Shauna's perspective? I have no idea. Like it, yeah. it was really well done. Yeah. So uh, Lottie says they're tuning into nature and each other and that the connection will protect them when they nurture it. New life is coming and we can't wait to meet him. And this is when it it gets a little culty, Marissa, because then the rest of the group, we can't wait to meet them. You know, the kind of call and response that can be used in religions, but also can be used in cults. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, remain connected. Be centered. That's good. And then when they all were like, we can't wait to meet him. I'm like, I'm freaked out. The more that we see this episode, like, and I'm I'm with Shauna, because Shauna is kind of watching all of this, and she yeah. seems a little freaked out, because she's right. Lottie is very focused on the baby, and again, like, they don't have a ton going on, so it kind of makes sense that, like, you would want to focus your attention on something else to kind of put your mind at ease or not think about the dire circumstances that you're in, but she is very focused on Shauna's baby. Yes, yeah, she, it's almost like it's her baby a little but and it's their that, baby yeah it, but like because she's like the leader of this group i think she takes on this like protective yes. maternal weirdness and and shauna's like listen i'm the one carrying the baby it's my baby yeah Don't this is my this baby yeah yeah yep uh so in the present time we are at a bowling alley callie is bowling with the undercover cop and uh she makes a bet with him if i get a strike you have to kiss me and so he's like, he looks at the score. She's doing terribly. He hedges his bet. He says yes. She does like the potty shot, the like through the legs shot. She yes. somehow gets a strike. But of course, he does not kiss her. And Callie is like a little bit weirded out by this, rightfully so, because it does seem like they're growing pretty close at this point. And the check gets dropped off with her. She looks at it and sees, uh, because he paid with a credit card, M. Syracusa, which she Googles and finds out, he is a cop. He's. I feel like he's doing a terrible job here, Marissa. First of all, he's oh, like with yeah. a minor and all that. But like, second of all, terrible, terrible job. Yeah. Uh, but this is a great opportunity to see just how much of Shauna is in Cali. Like, this was a great. Like, I could Shauna would have done this entire <laughs> this entire thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. This is this is such bad look on him. Um. But <laughs> yes. back in nineteen, it's just. Ugh. do you Back think in he's 19- gonna get caught like do you i mean i know like she finds i think he's dead and, i like, think he's dead by the end of the season oh we didn't put him in the draft but i'll give you uh, well I'll... we didn't exist when we did the That's draft true. we That's didn't true. know you know he could be our joint pick if he dies okay. we all right him. all right um <laughs> in 1996 in the cabin uh we see two jv girls saying they can't believe javi isn't talking how'd he survive did he find another group maybe he died and that's his ghost and marissa i have to say 
that I feel like the show is very cute in that they know people theorize about it, right? And they they know people do these Reddit deep dives. I feel like they're specifically calling us out. Oh yeah, we are the JV team. One hundred percent. Like maybe that's his ghost. Um, but uh, Van and Mari are trying to like get him to talk. You owe us for stealing bear meat. So we do get some kind of confirmation, or at least he's not denying it, that he was the one who stole the bear meat. Right. And they try to get Travis to to speak up, but he says, no, he will talk when he's ready. Leave him be for now. Um, and this is when – so we haven't really had any kind of big blow up between Nat and Travis, even though it's one of those – they know, you know, we know type situations. Mm, mm-hmm. Nat tries to invite Travis out to go get some, like, I think they put out traps for fish, but he immediately brushes her off. And it's it's very awkward, Marissa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't want to talk to you pretty, pretty much ever again because of what you did here. Yep. And now not only is my brother back, but my brother's back in, like, super traumatized. So. Mm-hmm good times not great um akila we didn't stop down too much on this last week but akila still has her little tiny mouse and she has now named it nugget how how do we feel about this mouse like does this mouse mean anything is it gonna i mean it certainly means something but like is the mouse gonna die what does the mouse mean uh well what i know about mice and rodents is they are disease carriers (laughs) So I could see them having some that having some sort of play, especially uh, with how closely maybe Akila gets to Nugget and maybe Nugget has friends. I don't know. Will we see like a Pied Piper situation where all these mice come and take over the cabin? I don't think so. Uh, But we might see more like a mouse in the motorcycle type of thing where like she thinks she's like befriending this mouse and then ends up. Like, I feel like something very bad is going to happen in that, okay, because both of these times that Akila has been interacting with the mouse, Mari has been the one yes. to nearly catch her. Mari, we've seen, is very ruthless and a bit, like, harsher. I think maybe Mari ends up catching the mouse and then eat it. it. Yeah. I think so. I don't think that mouse is long for this world, poor guy, poor nugget. And then do you think that, like, that will cause a turn in the group? Like, will Akila like have backlash oh akila be pissed um uh, yeah i mean i could see that happening for sure i think akila is not going to be super pleased that like mari is going to eat her uh her her little mouse friend yeah i i think truly that could be what happens because it to me it just like poor poor mari like it it just doesn't feel like that there's a reason they keep showing mari is the one Mm -hmm. who's gonna catch her um Mm -hmm. So it is time to pick cards for duties around the camp. Um, I did see a theory on Reddit that I pulled um, from Sadie Monster um, that says, I'm convinced Mari is some kind of card sharp amateur magician. She's purposefully causing the girl she doesn't like to draw the low cards for chores. I can see a scenario where she gets caught doing this and becomes so reviled she gets hunted down becoming pit girl and provoking Misty's satisfied smile at the end of the pilot. I believe it. I could see I it. love this theory. <laughs> uh, listen, I have said that, like, uh, we all know the cards have a lot to do with Pit Girl, right? We're all kind of obsessed with the deck of cards. Um, Mari being really, really, like, an awful character this so far this season. Yeah, This makes a lot of sense to me. 
Yeah, I could I could definitely see that coming into play. And Mari thinking that she's like doing this for the good of the like she's like doing this for some sort of like supernatural Lottie mm-hmm. related reason. And then it just backfiring on her. And they've set this up very well where it seems like Misty kept having like water duty and she said, oh, I did. I got yes. this time again. It feels like either that or she's like specifically going to the deck and pulling out the high numbers. Like I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Like how many people are in that deck? <laughs> like what are we yeah. going on here? Um, so Misty and Crystal are playing which three famous people you'd like to have at your slumber party. Misty chooses Plato, duh. Duh. Eric Nice <laughs> to teach her how to dance. Yes. Shout out to Eric Nice. Yeah. Very As the 90s. Funny. And like uh, also he was like on uh, Real World New York, like the first Real World. Mm-hmm. And then like so classic pick for a 90s. Uh, and Jack Kevorkian, who was a famous <laughs> proponent of doctor assisted suicide. Crystal gets it because she had to put down her beagle. Obviously. And she says, why should why should humans not get the same rights? I um, have to tell you, as a child mm-hmm. during this time, this was like a thing to try and figure out. Like the morality of Dr. Kevorkian was like a big mm-hmm. topic of conversation. So I found these picks to be quite amusing. Yes. Uh, and so we I did we did get some feedback from Tracy saying a teen Misty fawning over da- Dr. Jack Kevorkian is a reminder that she was poisoning and killing the elderly at her nursing home job yes. in her own Kevorkian-like way in season one. And don't forget about her imprisonment and subsequent murder of Jessica Roberts via poisoning last season. I loved this. It is a callback and it totally fits with Misty. Yes, she is a mercy killer. <laughs> In a way. Uh, no one asked to be killed. Jessica Roberts surely was they not wanting ask. to be they killed. They didn't ask. Yeah, I don't know. I think she thinks she's doing a compassionate She thinks work. that she is doing yes. the like, uh, yeah, doing the, what is it called? What's the, Euthanasia? not the Carol Brady or, Go you know, away. the. Anyway, she thinks that she is doing like a nice thing and yes. like helping people, but no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when we saw her as a child watching like a rat drown in a pool? Um, she a little sick and twisted, Misty. A um, little bit, yeah. <laughs> so it is time to pick a chore, and Crystal gets poop duty, but Misty offers to help her bestie. Just don't worry, bestie, I'll help you. With the poop. With, With the poop. The poop. Um in the present time, uh, we're leaving the bowling bowling alley, and Callie is not a very good actress. Nope. Uh, the cop immediately notices she's a bit off. She says, oh, you know what? You're right about taking things slowly, and especially because at, at home, ugh, it's so bad right now. Uh, my mom is having an affair with my dad's best friend, Randy. <laughs> Honestly, the more times they bring Randy back, the happier I am. I'm not going to lie. Sweet little innocent Randy. I mean, like. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. I mean, to be quite, I I am uh, with Shauna when she hears this news. It was a good play. Like, of all of the things that Callie could have said, this is not bad. This is not a bad one. Nope. Um, it's just, I just, I wish Callie would do a little less. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Like, I think, I mean, I'm I'm in agreement for like the whole the whole series i'm with you on that one take a beat think about it talk to your parents before you go uh you know on her own you know she's just making decisions on the fly herself um yeah. but we're road tripping staying alive is playing which will come back uh, misty turns it off she says we need to concentrate uh and alter says let's play two truths and a lie instead so he says his two truths and a lie are he sold artisanal goat cheese him and his goat billy uh, there's a non-zero chance that Barry Manilow is his biological father, <laughs> and he has $750,000 in stock in Taco Bell, but he has never never eaten there because beans upset his stomach. Um, 
you can get a beef taco but yeah i get his point <laughs> yeah uh and then he says oh they're all true and i only there's only ever one rule and it's to win and i'm like walter that is not true what are you doing well to me i think this points out like that he he did lie the he knows lie, how to lie yeah. the lie was uh he didn't play two truths and a lie yeah, and all of these things are so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Barry Manilow being his biological father is actually quite funny. <laughs> I like the way that he put it, too. Like, there's a non-zero chance. It's not like there is a chance. He's like, there's a non-zero chance. Yeah, so it's more of like, I don't know who my dad is, I guess. I guess. Um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, and so uh, Misty, he really begs Misty to play. So she says, I don't like monkeys, I think we're asking the wrong questions about the moon landing. <laughs> and then that's when they find the cult compound. <laughs> uh, do you think uh, she likes? Do you think those were both truths? Uh, those feel like truths to me. I don't think Misty Great. would like monkey. Yeah. Um, I, I think I don't think Misty is like a big monkey fan. I feel like she has big hair. And so I feel like they would like go in for it. And she'd be like, get out of here, monkeys. I think she might be a fan of the monkeys, the band, but maybe yes. not monkeys, the animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back at Van's place, uh, Van is watching a video that she's been digitizing. Ty is awake and wandering around. And Van asks why Ty is here because it has been a very long time. They don't, they leave it vague. So we don't exactly know when they broke up. Um, but Van says it must be happening again, the sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when Ty hands over the the naked pen that she got from the trucker. And we find out there's a cute little story where at Shauna's, Jonna and Jeff's wedding, they had swapped a fancy guestbook pen out for one of those. And one of the teachers was really upset. So we kind of assume they were together at Shauna's wedding. They don't explicitly say it, but like that leaves so much rumor and stuff for like, when did they break up? Why did they break up? All of those things. And why didn't we necessarily, I mean, it could have just been for like steering us as the audience, but I don't think we saw Van at the coming off the plane scene at the beginning Oh, we did. No, she oh, was did. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. She okay. was there. Then, yeah. But yeah. it's more of like, like you said, yeah, it's it's more of um, we're left a little bit wondering why they broke up. I mean, there's so many reasons people break up in general, but, it, you know, if what's with the sleepwalking, right? Because that van immediately exactly. knows. Like, if you're here, it's it's because this has been happening. Yeah. Um, and something I had said, Marissa, I want to get your thoughts on. I mentioned it on the original podcast with Grace this week. Um, about how I think it's very interesting. All of this is seeming to happen 25 years after the original plane crash, which makes mm-hmm. me wonder, is it time related? Is, you know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, Ty, Ty is sleepwalking. Lottie's having visions. Like all of these things are kind of happening simultaneously when they're all separated. Well, it's interesting you bring this up because one of the things I found in Reddit land was a theory that like the actions in the past are impacting the present and vice versa Mm -hmm. so the fact that like the sleepwalking it at least at this point in the story i think the sleepwalking is down in 90s in 90s taisa like we don't have as much because she's doing her kumbayaing with nature um but it's up in presence Right. So it's just, I think there is something to watch there. Whether it's like a specific 25 year thing, it'd be interesting if there was another group that we could like learn about and see if there's something in this area or if it's just um, a nod to like cycles of trauma and how yeah. things like just come back up. Yeah. 
especially when you're not taking care of yourself, right? Ty is like a prime example of she's under immense stress when she's running for office. Yep. And is it exactly a surprise that that's when she starts sleepwalking? Not really. Um, or it could be, again, I love that the show is like, well, it could be, uh, it makes sense because she's really under stress or it could be supernatural and all of these things have a cycle that they're on or the darkness really did come back with them from the wilderness, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, well, and if we look at Shauna too, like Shauna's birthing a child in 90s timeline, but she's yeah. like trying to be a better mom to Callie in in the present, present timeline. timeline. So I think there are, you know, I think there are some lines we can draw between the two and just kind of see if a dial goes up over here, is a dial going down or is there like an inverse or direct relationship? Right. Uh, so we are back at Shauna's house, speaking of, mm-hmm. and Callie tells her parents, oh, you know, the guy that I've been hanging out with is actually a cop, but don't worry. I fixed it. I said that mom is having an affair with Randy and um, uh, Grace brought this up, and I totally agree with it, that Jeff's reaction to Callie saying that uh, she <laughs> said that her mom was having an affair with Randy is very similar to his reaction about finding out there's no book club. <laughs> 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 I truly think that Jeff is here for, like, comedic relief. At this 100%. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and Shauna's like, you did a good job. Uh, but Jeff is not a fan of this. And honestly, like, I'm I'm with Jeff. I do feel like they're doing, and not just because I'm being results-oriented, but, like, in the moment, I'm like, Shauna, you need to, like, pick your foot up off the gas for a second. Oh, yeah. She's riding high off of all of this confidence that she's built in terms of, like, uh, seizing the moment and getting her van back and telling a man that she peeled skin off of a human. Um, <laughs> she's still got that yes. that confidence um, going. And so she, she, you know, picks this up from Callie and, and runs with it. Yes. Um, and uh, so, yes, yeah, she says you did a good job. And it uh, it broke my heart a little bit seeing how proud Callie was of herself. I know. When Shauna said that and like how twisted and, and it really is like this is probably something we'll talk about on next week's podcast um, on the trauma pod is like how like needing her parents validation is really is really it's like really screwed up when this is what she's getting it from yeah like the validation compass is off this (laughs) is what's bringing them together is like this really really awful terrible thing yeah um but yeah so she says shauna tells callie to text the cop and tell him shauna is meeting with randy tonight and they'll follow her and to me this all just felt very off because like what's that's so weird to be like oh my mom is meeting with randy tonight like it feels too soon. It feels like you got to space stuff out a little bit because this is very suspicious. Yeah, I think that comes into play later in the episode in terms of why um, the cop I thought was Javi, which is not Javi, um, but still could also be Javi, but is really not Javi, um, <laughs> you know, doesn't necessarily give up on this right away. Yeah, because it is suspicious. It all yeah. is very a little bit too cute, right? It's all too coincidental. Yeah. yeah. Um. So back at the cult, Nat is trying to get into Lottie's room, but she's going to get interrupted so many times. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, Grace and I poked fun at this a little bit, Marissa, the, the two people being like, do you want to walk with us the five feet that it is to the workshop? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have not participated in a cult. I've been in fandoms, but not cult. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, that was very cult-like behavior. Like, do you want to walk walk with us? Just like over here through this door. So, um, uh, so yeah, so after that, we're going to go back to 1996 in the cabin. Um, and we get another, um, we get another moment with Akilah and Ty. This is our second 
a scene of, with them together mm-hmm. where they kind of have this conversation about why they both started going to, to Lottie's morning circles. And Akila says, you know, I saw you going and I was bored. And this, this does track to me that first of all, I think it's worth pointing out like uh, two women of color, right? Like, yep. I, you know, very important to recognize that, but also the fact that Akila is JV, Ty is, is varsity. So yep. like it is someone to look up to. And her kind of going shows her that like, oh, it's okay for me to also go, right? Yeah. Always than one, I'm sure that Akila looks to Ty as like an older sister role model type of, of person. Mm-hmm. And um on the women of color note, I it probably I don't know if it would have felt safe to like go to a white woman cult situation. <laughs> you know, well, like I don't think I mean like just I just think that like her seeing Ty go just reinforced it even more for her. Yeah, I also think well it's okay at the very least the people who play charlotte are not considered white i don't know that we know sure sure sure. oh yeah fair point we don't know all i don't i don't know her i'm not comfortable at least saying i don't know exactly what her background is but steven even still like you're saying something to pay attention to um but also rachel uh excuse me uh akila mentions that her and rachel had this pre-game ritual they used to do their team really sucked so it probably didn't work but it felt good to pretend like what they did made a difference um and she says it's not like we really believed in it but we did it every game anyway and this i think gives more credence marissa to the fact of like they're very bored they need something to believe in travis spoke to this earlier in the season of like it's not just food that's going to get us through it's hope it's believing in something uh my ted lasso mind is they need a a a sign yeah (laughs) need a believe sign lottie is the sign lottie is the walking believe sign for sure yeah and Akila says, oh, you're just going because you're totally whipped, which was very <laughs> funny. Um, and uh, in this moment, Travis goes over and gives Javi food. He says, I understand why you ran away. You don't need to say anything, but I need to know where you were. And interestingly, I I, I felt like it was bad on Travis, Marissa, to, to ask him this in a very public space. I feel like it probably would have been better if he pulled Javi aside in like one of the bedrooms or outside. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, especially given his response thus far. I will say I was expecting, like, not Javi to be, like, the center of attention this episode, but, like, to get a little bit more from him than we did. But the fact that we didn't is very interesting. Yeah, and I will say that when he asks him this, they specifically have Lottie looking over at Javi, Javi looking at Lottie and not saying anything. Mm -hmm. Now... I, I did mention on the podcast with Grace, and I know a couple of other people have speculated as much that, like, it is Issa who Javi has interacted with, right? We'll talk about it a little bit later with the drawing he has. Um, But I also want to stop down and just make note that he looked at Lottie and yep. Lottie looked at him, and that is a little strange. Yeah, the Lottie of it all is always a little, a little sus. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us yeah um so uh nat so he travis leaves him there um nat tells travis that javi probably just needs time and i think this is just like what sets travis over the edge um like says, don't tell me don't tell me this after what you did yeah you planted the bloody clothes you made me stop looking for him maybe he wouldn't be so bad if i had found him sooner and Travis leaves the cabin and Lottie follows, which that is like some classic elder sibling guilt right there. Like that is? is that is what I would feel if my sister was in that situation is like, what could I have done to minimize this impact? And the fact yeah. that he was so concentrated and following, I mean, he was following two women, like 
he, yeah. I, I, you know, I can imagine him feeling like he lost his sense of self in that moment. And that also fueling his guilt and anger in the situation, because Definitely. if he listened to himself, maybe things would have been different. Definitely. And I also think there's a, there's a thing of like, if Javi had been speaking more, Travis wouldn't be blaming Nat so much mm -hmm. because it would kind of be like, oh, at least he's fine and he's okay. But yeah. he comes back and he's silent and he, of course, needs someone to blame and he's going to blame Natalie for what she did. Which you can't, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, he's going to be upset with her, rightfully so. But, uh, you know, um, in the present day, we're at the Colt compound. Uh, Lisa and Nat are in the workshop. And Lisa, I, this was so interesting to me, Marissa. Um, especially when we talked about, uh, the Alice in Wonderland type of yeah. stuff. Um, Lisa tells Nat to think of her like a mirror. You're projecting your own negative thoughts onto me. Giving voice to our darkest thoughts is how we find our truth. You know, I think there is some truth to giving your voice to giving voice to your darkest thoughts to finding your truth. I'm not sure if I would want to direct them <laughs> at someone else. To yeah. me, that feels a little, like, to me, that's the darkness is within you and I'm going to, like, absorb it for you type of thing, as opposed to just, like, mm -hmm. sending it back out into the world. Like, it, it can sort itself out. Uh, that part was a little weird for me. And it's also a little, like, uh, codependency. Like, I'm here to absorb your... Negative. I, I can, Your trauma I can, yeah, I can sit here and witness it and I, I can sit here and sit beside you while you're, you're going through this and voicing all of this, but I don't know if absorbing it, like I, I I'm very curious to yeah. that. Yeah. There, I do think like, again, I do think there is wisdom in some of this. Right. Um, I think like with all cults too. Like yeah. It's, it's right there's a little there. bit of truth there. Yeah. Like giving voice to your darkest thoughts, right? Like, okay, as an example, like a tool that I very much learned from therapy, go to therapy, everybody needs it. Highly, yes. you know, just do it. Um, but something I did, I did find very useful is that um, what I, when I was having a very anxious moment, when I was spiraling about something, what I would do is I would take a piece of paper, uh, writing it specifically helped me take mm -hmm. a piece of paper, draw a line down the center, write on one side, all of my worst fears, what, what mm. I, what I was spiraling about. So like, as an example, something that I tend to like really struggle with and get really a lot of anxiety over is my dog and like his health. Right. So like, oh my God, oh my God, no, he's, he, he has an upset stomach. So like, of course, where does my mind go as a result of all of those things, right? All the bad things on one side. Mm -hmm. And then on the right side is like, okay, but realistically, what is the more realistic options of like what it could be? And I would always notice that like, okay, the anxiety side is so big. Like there's so many bad things. Whereas realistically, it's probably one or two things that are on the right hand side. And so like this, it, it kind of reminds me of that, right? Like you give voice to your darkest thoughts, because then you can kind of say, you could talk yourself off of the ledge and be like, you know what? It's probably not that bad. Yeah. And I think um, that's a great tool. Thanks for sharing that. I think that like uh, shame also plays into this too. Like shame mm -hmm. can be, like pull a person down so much that, uh, and the only thing that can basically undo shame is light. Like you have, you have to find out where the shame is and speak about it to let it go. And I think um, there's probably some of that in Nat's life for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, Nat notices, Lottie comes over, Nat notices she has her hand bandaged up and she does ask her about it. And Lottie says, oh, it's no big deal. Um, and Nat says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go excuse myself real quick. I got to prepare myself. <laughs> so she goes to try to get into the room again. 
gets interrupted because Misty and Walter are at the gate. And I loved this. Again, this is not exactly what I expected Nat and Misty's reunion to be, but it was very funny for her to be like, who is that guy? What are you doing here? I'm here willingly. Get out of here. I have and- a plan. Don't mess with my plan. I mean, to be fair, Misty seems like the worst person to have around if you're trying to do a plan. Yes. It's very specific. Um, and Misty's really upset because she had no idea that Lottie lived even like lived around here. She had like, and she's been keeping tabs on everybody, and she had no idea that Lottie was here. Interesting. Yes. Why do, you, why do we think she flew under the radar? Um I mean, I feel like because Misty does, you know, she knows she's a citizen detective. African Grey is very good at what she does. Um, I have to feel like she's worried that exactly what is happening with Nat could happen with others. Where mm-hmm. like they know her, they know the true Lottie. They know her. They know where her trauma comes from. And I don't think she. I I think she wants to pretend like she's over it. That she is this higher power. Um, whereas I think having people from your past around reminds you that you are vulnerable. You are just a human being. And I think it's easier for her if she goes under the radar. It could just be that Misty missed it, but I don't, what do you think? I don't know. Like, it can't be as simple as using the name Charlotte versus. versus Right, right. Um, but I mean, they seem in a pretty isolated, uh, pretty isolated area. It wasn't until, you know, they went on this little hunt that Misty knew about this Mm -hmm. area it seems like um but the purple people of it all um it is surprising to me that like they were just if if the purple people (laughs) were watching all of the yellow jackets it wasn't until what happened with that happened that they were on misty's radar so did the purple people know anything about misty if misty doesn't know about them do they know about her like it's just a like i don't know what happens there's just a lot of questions yep um back at vans uh we see ty telling van all about biscuit and what happened interesting to note that i'm i'm really picking at things because i want to know like when they last spoke when van and assume we assume that Van knew that Ty had a child, at least. She does refer to Sam, whereas Ty says Sammy, which to me is like, okay, you know, maybe when he was born, they were calling him Sam and they teach him Sam. You know what I mean? Like trying to like plant flags of some kind of timeline. Yeah. Um, but Ty is like, listen, I was on the road for a whole ass state. I drove all across <laughs> Pennsylvania. Please, can I take a shower? <laughs> fair. Yeah, it's fair. And I'm sure Van would appreciate it too. Yeah. Uh, but back in 1996, we're in the wilderness and we're getting these rapid fire secrets between Misty and Crystal. And Crystal says, oh, sometimes I don't take to the, the poop to the toilet. I just dump it around this path here. Uh, we find out Misty hates deodorant, which explains why she sniffed herself earlier this season when they were asking about the poo bucket. Yes. Um, Crystal says she let a guy finger bang her behind the scenes of Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> so there you go. Good for you. Uh, Misty says, I saw my parents having sex once and I wasn't grossed out. I just like it starts out so innocently like this whole thing is like yeah. I, just, I don't take poop to the toilet I just will put it over here sometimes and then yeah. it's like just compounding yeah these these are some saucy these are saucy secrets I did not have any of these kind of saucy secrets when nope. I was this age um so they get to the cliff they dump the poo and uh Crystal says listen I have a really big secret but you have to promise like pinky promise you're not going to see anything my name isn't Crystal it's Kristen 
but everyone got it wrong at practice and I never corrected them because I got nicknamed Crystal the Pistol and I'd never been nicknamed before. And I gotta admit, Crystal the Pistol is a pretty, pretty killer nickname. Yeah, I mean, as someone who also never really got a nickname, I can totally, like, that That tracks. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. And also, my sweet little people-pleaser child. <laughs> like, I just was like, oh, Kristen. Oh, Kristen. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like, I don't know about you, but as soon as we were walking down the path mm. and having spill secrets moment, I was like, oh no, Misty, please don't tell her about the transponder. Please, please don't do it. Yeah. I knew she was gonna, I thought she was going to push Crystal off the cliff. Um, but Misty does, uh, admit to it, to finding the emergency transmitter and destroying it. And Crystal does not have the, Kristen, Crystal does not have the reaction Misty expected. She is pissed off yes to which misty says oh my god i can't believe you believed me i was totally lying and crystal's like you're not that good of an actress <laughs> uh this was pretty fun uh not really but like for the, not for the characters but in terms of dialogue um up until this point i will tell you i was on team is is crystal Kristen real <laughs> i see i never i never really bought that just because mari had like Oh, there's two of you now. Mari had so- sure. seen her. Yeah. But like, I always thought of Crystal as like a warning sign. Um, Like, we know Crystal isn't in the present. Yes. So something happened. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we find out that something did happen. And I think like it's foreshadowing possibly for Walter. Like, exactly. And when it came to the imaginary friend of it all, I was like, oh, is this what Misty does when she's alone or when she feels mm-hmm. alone does she create someone to you know like talk her through things yeah talk, and be just like her so like in this case crystal Kristen was the musical side of her yeah and walter is the citizen detective find everything outside so mm-hmm. that's where i was going but then uh this totally happens <laughs> yeah crystal says you're a psycho Misty is getting like closer and closer and closer to her. She says, I will kill you if you tell someone. I will effing kill you. And this is when Crystal takes one step too far. She slips off the edge of the cliff and falls down and boom, she is dead. Uh, Yep, 100% dead. Uh, Did you analyze the shape of the body? (laughs) I did. Someone did. Was it uh, someone on Reddit said they look kind of like the symbol when she's like plastered on the ground, kind of in the shape of the symbol? Yeah, I I mean, I think the, the symbol, symbol kind of looks like a girl, has, so like, exactly and has enough primary shapes in it that like anything can be yeah. the symbol at this point. Um I didn't see any it's not like when Lottie fell back up from the she underground. She was very she crucified was, looking. Yes, yeah. yeah, that was a very clear one, but I didn't pick up anything from here. No, I do have to ask you though, Marissa, if you were gonna make a prediction, um are the yellow jackets going to find Crystal's body or Kristen's or Kristen's body or um, will Misty move it somewhere? Ooh, 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 and ooh. if they find it, will they eat it? Mm, a poop body? They're going to eat a poop body? Like she just fell in the poop. I she, hope they don't. I don't. She did follow the poop. <laughs> I, I hope they don't eat her. That clean it. Real for nice. that. Yeah. For that situation. Um, if... This is what I could see happening. Misty tries to move it, but then also, like, what if Kristen is used as a trap for other game? Uh, it's totally possible. Uh, in my <laughs> mind, I don't think um, I don't think Crystal is ever discovered. I think this is a secret Misty keeps. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, but also, blood was shed. 
Blood was so... shown, which did it bring the blizzard or because we got to talk about we'll talk about that when we get there because um, <laughs> it's so much um, in the present day. We're back with the road trip duo. Speaking of Misty, Misty and Walter are back in the car. Misty is very upset. She's like, I don't know how I missed Lottie. Walter says, well, listen, that's fine. You can move on now. You found your friend. She's fine. Um, no worries. And Misty said, no, 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 no. What Nat said was an act. The cult requires her to cut ties with her best friends first. And Lottie is so jealous of what we have. And this is like, again, um, I, I really love how our characters are not like all knowing. They're not all seeing. Misty has flaws, very obviously. But like socially, she's very flawed. And she can't understand that like Nat is really just not her best friend. Yeah, uh, she might be like like a best friend. She might see Nat as her best friend, but Nat does not see Misty as her best friend. Exactly. It's like, uh, you're my very good friend, but I am your best friend. Mm-hmm. And um, Walter admits, and I'm happy that this is in episode five and we didn't yeah. wait till the end of the yeah. season. This feels like the perfect time for it where Walter says, listen, I know you were involved in Adam's death. I followed up like any good citizen detective does and Adam's mother is dead. Um, so I deduce that you probably were involved in killing him, probably to help a friend because you're a really good friend. Um, and he, she says, listen, you're charming. You're impulsive. That's two traits of serial killers. And I know this is like a very popular Reddit theory, Marissa, is that Misty is a serial killer. I mean, yeah. She killed a few people. <laughs> I'm like, it tracks. Yeah. Well, and, she, you know, to be fair, she didn't even kill Adam. She just helped clean up the body. Correct. Correct. But, um... I don't know what was happening at the nursing home 100%. It's fair. It's very fair. She loves Jack Morgan. Um, and he, we find out that Walter, his grandmother was convicted of killing his grandfather, but she never failed to send him a birthday card. <laughs> this is Walter's twisted mind, you know? It's like, she's still a good person. Yeah. So, like, killers can be good. I mean, I do think that killers can't be good people. Like, people yeah. are, like, a whole big thing. But this is very sweet and earnest. He's like, yeah, and I still got a birthday card. Yeah, and he says, listen, I like you in spite of your extracurricular activities. We can still be friends. And Misty immediately is like, bye. You're, whatever this is, it's over. Goodbye. Because he found her out, right? Yeah. Like, And that is very dangerous for her because, again, we, he, we don't know how much he knows about the Yellow Jackets in general. But if he knows this, it's not much of a leap for him to then discover some of the other stuff. I think this is a mistake, Misty. I you have now let someone with all this keep your enemies closer. Yes, exactly. Out into the wilderness, mm -hmm. and I fear for what. I mean, I don't think. I don't know. I think he'll just continue. And what if he finds out about Taisa? And what if he finds out about Shauna? And you know, I just. Nope. It's just a wild card. I don't know if Misty realizes she played. Yeah. Uh, back at the motel, Shauna arrives in her minivan. We see Kevin Tan and the other cop, Matt Syracuse, watching from their cop car. Randy invites her in, but he has no idea what's going on. He's like, I got a bunch of chips, but I'm sorry I ate all the Fritos. Like, like, you look so beautiful. You look so great. She's like, great. You're doing great. Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> like, uh, does this have to do with the Natalie FBI thing? And, of course, uh, Shauna has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, he mentions the word black, blackmail, and I love – and he's like, I, di I didn't say the B word, <laughs> which is so funny to me that he's calling it the B word. Um, and she's like, we agreed not to talk about that. Um, and so she hands him a condom and tells him to jerk off into it and throw it in the trash. And she uh, is like, 
making the bed look like they slept in it. And it's a whole thing. She's like, don't even think of me when you're in there. I'm like, what? He protests. He's like, I have a girlfriend. I don't want to do that. Yeah. He's like, we just got back together. I don't want to ruin it. It's like, oh my God, Shauna, you're doing too much, girl. You're doing too much. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to catch up. I have a feeling pretty soon. Yes. Um, so back in 1996 in the cabin, Shauna is sleeping and Lottie is speaking to the baby and saying, you're going to change everything. That was like creepy just in my ears. Like, I'm so you, sorry. No, I'm no, sorry, not everyone. Not like, it's no, so but I mean, like, creepy. It's so creepy. Exactly. It wasn't I, you. It was the line. If I'm Shauna, I am reacting the exact same way. She like jumps up. She freaks out. She says, stop talking to my baby. And Ty, who's tr- really trying to like, Let's all get along like this kumbaya moment. And it's because, you know, if she turns on Lottie, then Van will be upset with her. So yes. she's really trying to play the middle. She says, oh, Lottie wasn't hurting anybody. And Shauna gets really upset and angry and leaves. And Lottie, like, you know, I, I do like the look that Ty gives Lottie. She's like, really, Lottie? Like, come <laughs> on, man. What are you doing? Like, you just just get this baby born. Like, you don't have to, like do uh, all this weird stuff up yes. up into that point and she, ty has put herself in quite the position she's in a really tough spot line. yeah uh we did get some feedback from Kay that i thought was so funny <laughs> after last week i was like oh hey maybe lottie isn't that bad maybe she's just a traumatized teen in an overwhelming situation <laughs> that others are projecting onto and then this week she crouched beside shauna's sleeping form and whispered to her fetus you're gonna change everything and i went never mind <laughs> same Kay. same <laughs> very very funny feedback um <laughs> in the present day uh we're at vans and um as ty is getting out of the shower she finds prescription pills in vans medicine cabinet that are two v palmer and it's oxycontin i looked everywhere for a date on the pills i didn't see Ooh, one look at you such um, a I, detective i was like i was really i had my detective hat on i have my magnifying glass out um <laughs> And when she confronts Van, Van says they were her mother's. V is for Vicky. Mm-hmm. She got cancer a few years back and she lived here until she died. And Van tosses the pills in the trash. Now, Marissa, yes, I yes. know people, I, I don't know that anybody is on team. That's what she's saying is the truth that like they were her mother's and her mother had cancer and all of that, especially because we see later she does take some. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a big sign that she doesn't like dump them down the drain, that she mm-hmm. like tosses them in the trash. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I'll get these later. Yeah, right. Are you on team like she needs the oxy? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I think I think uh, Van is in this, like, I'm not telling Ty everything stage, especially the fact that Ty has told Van what state she is in. Um, yeah. So I, I can see her protecting herself there. I think um, all of those medications were for her. It wouldn't be surprising if Van came here to... Mm-hmm. Uh, live out her days yeah yep um so uh van and her mother i just thought of something though what just to live out her days is misty gonna jack of worky and van i hope not (laughs) oh no i want to i want to see that i need to see lauren ambrose meet the rest of the cast um, as adult van that'd be so fun sorry Um, i just no it's possible um so she says her and her mother had a really complicated relationship, but this cancer scared the bitch right out of her. Uh, people reassess their choices if they know they're going to die. 
again, I feel like that's a very important line considering we know there's a whole pit girl situation. Like what do people mm-hmm. do when they know they're going to die? What actions do they take? Right. And I also think um, the line of cancer scared the bitch right out of her mom could be like the fact that she, if she, if Van has cancer, that could also have had an effect in the yeah. relationship. It didn't have to be the other way. Yeah. I know there's, cause there are a lot of people that are speculating that, uh, that Van is an addict and some other people are saying, well, you know, we already have Nat who is an addict. Are we really going to have two addicts on the show? Which again, like a very real response to trauma. Um, We'll talk about that next week. I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility that she, like you're saying she has cancer or she has something that she is needing to use Oxy for. Yeah, Like the way she runs to the, the trash bin later. Yes. Could be that she's an addict and she, you know, was having, um, uh, what's whatever it's called withdraw withdraw thank you um or could be i'm sick and i need this medication you know uh, so i I'm, i am open to any possibility here i don't think it's very clear at this yeah. point <laughs> i think the, the only thing that's it's not gonna be clear <laughs> the only thing that's clear to me is i feel like it, it's clear she was lying now yes. what she's lying about is unclear agreed um so uh van is getting really over it she says i don't appreciate you bringing me the like oh what's the deal that happened to us uh and uh, she says uh you know you know i'm not gonna let you leave so you might as well like at least ask me for my help do me the courtesy of asking and ty says i'm losing it i don't want to hurt the people that i love because she she really is like she's all that stuff she's gone through van is like the last person she's turned to for help because Issa told her to yeah which is interesting right like she's talking to ty right now right now and so, like, the motivation here is what, like, or the question I have is, like, what safety does Van offer in this mm-hmm. situation after not seeing each other for so long? Like, there is something that happened other than then what we've already seen in the wilderness, I think, that that causes this to be the place that she goes. Yeah. Um. So, back at the motel, Randy is struggling to do the deed. Uh, Ashana sets up the bed to look like they were in it. And we do see Randy's eyes move to the lotion, which will come into play later. <laughs> um, and I don't know why Randy's flicking the lights on and off. I don't need to speculate on this too much because, like, I don't need to think about Randy looking in a mirror as he's <laughs> doing what he's doing. But he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Lottie's office, Nat finally gets to sneak in. She gets the yep. moment. She sneaks in. She opens the locked cabinet, which has a large gun, presumably hers, which she tried to use against herself. Yes, yes. Um, which also looks to me to be a shotgun, which is the same thing they use out in yes. the wilderness. Yes. Um, I don't. I'm not a gun person. I think I just think that's what it is. I I saw the connection between the two. I don't okay. know what type of gun it is, but I think that like it's the same or because it had type that like gun. handle thing. I don't know. Yes. Any, any, yes. I don't know guns. Um, there's extra phones in there. A ton of paperwork. Uh, Nat interrupts a big workshop to say that Lottie has been scamming everyone. She has detailed reports on their personal lives and their bank accounts, but everyone says they already knew. They give up their personal possessions willingly. Uh, but Nat is freaking out. She says her delusions have hurt people, which is she talking about Travis? Is she talking yeah. about people in the wilderness? Talking about everybody? Mm-hmm. And also, how willingly is willingly when you're manipulating yeah. people? Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like a, you know, cult 101 yeah um but lottie says can everyone leave us alone and uh she says it's in your head travis said you were right about something and we both want to know what he meant this is interesting marissa because again i feel like what's what the show has shown us over season two is that lottie is just human too like she does she wants to know what travis was going through and what the note means yeah 
yeah the big um, question so, needs to be answered yeah so um and uh so lottie says i need to know we can figure it out together and you did pull a, a reddit theory about this yes there was a conversation between a couple of people about whether or not travis meant that nat was right that javi was dead ghost javi yeah jv theory here but um someone continues on to say i think so too i think that's who travis wanted to talk to when he tries to go to the other side and ends up hanging himself i think that the little mouse pet is going to die and he and be brought back to life as evidence of just that in 1996 timeline a la green mile only by darkness not by light interesting note stephen king's original green mile was published in 1996 Okay, so in that, okay, so what they're saying is Javi died, but was brought back to life. So this is like a brought back to life version of Javi that is now in the cabin. Correct. And they're going to know that that's a possibility once the mouse dies and is brought back to life. Correct. And the reference to the Green Mile is light does that in Green Mile, but this would be darkness. Darkness brings them. I get, okay. I guess my question is then like, does it matter how they die, right? Can Kristen come back to life? Or is oh, she, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'm quite following this theory. I like the I like the outside of the box thinking though, in terms of like Nat was right. I can right? see out of all of this, the most likely thing is that Travis wanted to talk to Javi at the end. So like maybe Javi Maybe Javi's dead now. He's dead now. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like that as a, an option for sure. Um, back in 1996, we're in the wilderness and Ty is following Shauna out into the cold. She says, I'm not going to leave you out alone here. Uh, and Shauna's really upset. She says, you're supposed to be on my side, not team Lottie. And, mm-hmm. uh, Ty says, there's only one team. And Shauna says, you can't possibly think that's still true. It's so obvious it's not. And right now it does seem like it is Shauna versus kind of everyone else at the moment. Um, Shauna can't believe Ty joined Lottie's prayer club. She says, Lottie is obsessed with my baby. I'm freaking out about having a baby and having weirdos praying in a weird tree cult isn't helping me. I want you to have my back. And uh, here's the thing, uh, Marissa, it's like, it's really sad because on one hand, I I agree, like Shauna is alone and she needs her friend to have her back. But Ty is like, I'm not afraid to fall asleep for once in a really long time. Like, you feel for both of them in this moment. Yeah, and I think this is a interesting look at like individualism versus collective care. So like she ties getting a benefit from yeah. the situation that she doesn't see or she sees as more important than helping um helping Shauna, you know, through this pregnancy, like through the end of this pregnancy. And so like that, having to make that decision might, you know, especially coming from a team situation where it's everything was like for the team, they're now breaking off into their own motivated actions. Like the team is breaking apart. It's not just two teams. Like they have 12 teams because everyone's acting for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so interesting because uh, in this moment, Shauna starts having a contraction and the wind just like whips and our camera angle is almost of like nature looking at them. Mm-hmm. They are looking at something, presumably, I don't know if it's just the wind or the blizzard or if they see something. Um, but the timing of this is very interesting, right? Because, okay, if we want to look at what's happening, so we have this happening simultaneously, Kristen, just died and bloodletting right mm-hmm. normally we would say bloodletting means the wilderness provides that's generally what the sentiment has been yes um 
in this case, though, the wilderness is attacking them, right? This blizzard is very dangerous. Unless something else happens as a result of this blizzard, uh, the baby being born, I guess. Yeah, right? I it brings say, life. Is the baby the thing? Oh, like, like was this like get inside? <laughs> could be like, like it could. It, in my mind, it also could be like we haven't seen the repercussions of the storm yet. Um, right. like could be there's so many ways to look at it could be like okay the baby brings new life that's a, a scenario or shauna has pissed off the spirits by trash talking them the blizzard that's is attacking true. them yeah yeah uh misty kills Kristen. the blizzard is helping cover up the body you know <laughs> there's just like there's so many options right but like the timing has to be pointed out because it's very important that like this blizzard happens now, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was trying to think like what's going on in the present right now is we have like, like Nat and Lottie haven't sat down to do their EMDR situation, mm -hmm. but there, there's nothing particular that points in the present. So I think this is all a wilderness action. Yeah. It's super interesting. Uh, so they try to make it back to the cabin Misty goes down to make sure, like, see if Crystal is alive. And I do love how she's like, Crystal? Crystal? And then she goes, Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, we know why she turned off staying alive. Because she's yep. like, ah, 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 staying alive. <laughs> staying alive. Um, but the body is getting covered by snow. She says, I'm sorry, bestie. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. But I think like in that moment, that's the moment that Misty, Misty Misty's like Misty turns. Yeah. It becomes the Misty that we know now. Um, I mean, she, I would say like destroying the box is also another Misty moment. Um, but this is definitely a it's defining like moment a, for her. Exactly. A defining moment. Like it reminds me of, um, of the movie Inside Out. Where they, they have those little like memory bubbles. Yes. Yes. And, yes, like, yes. This is this a is core a memory. Moment. It's a core. Yes. Thank you. A core memory. I couldn't remember what the phrasing was. A core memory. This is a core memory for Misty. And it like is building out her personality island. Oh, and this one is the bad one. This is the anger one. Like this is the bad one. The red one. Not a great one. <laughs> Um, but everyone's complicated, right? Um, yeah. But we did get a, a beautiful, wonderful piece of feedback from Rachel um, that we're going to mm. link in the show notes because there, uh, there's an article where she talks about how knowing some song can help save lives. Like if this yeah. is something that is, I mean, if you've seen The Office, you know, staying alive is an option for doing CPR. You do it to the rhythm of staying alive. And it is um, hands only no, like, I don't think they even do that anymore. I don't think you're supposed to breathe into people's mouths anymore because if you don't have their head tilted the right direction, it could cause issues right. um but there's like a whole list of songs including like hips don't lie i will survive <laughs> girls just want to have fun like it's very fun and interesting so we're going to link that in the show notes in case you want to like add a few of these to your phone and a playlist in case you ever run into a situation where you need to give someone cpr i think that's a great idea i love that i mean some people just i mean it's true people don't have rhythm but if you play it to the song right. you know you could save right. someone's life you don't know yep, you yep. Know. Just um, make so sure you're you. playing it at one time one speed. X. Like, do not have it on your podcast <gasps> speed. <laughs> you want to be on the one X. So true. Um, so thank you so much, Rachel, for sending in that really amazing feedback. Uh, back to present day. Shauna is leaving the motel. She gets in her van. Nat doesn't want to believe it. He's like, I'm going to check the room for confirmation that they boned. And I'm like, bro, what? Okay. 
Uh, this is where I got, thought, thought I got a little silly and far-fetched, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin's like, listen, without a warrant, none of this is admissible anyway. But Matt goes into the bathroom and finds the condom. Uh, and, like, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I'm not a detective. I'm, I'm not someone who uh, fills up condoms, um, you know, yeah, yeah, have those parts. But, like, he notices it's filled with lotion. He smells it. And he says it smells like strawberries. And let me tell you, Dana, our, our listener, <laughs> Dana, Dana, you're 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 the best. You're the greatest. Uh, I love this. She says, I would like to point out the Randy's usage of strawberry scented lotion is a cheeky callback to episode three several weeks ago when Jeff was bashing strawberry lube because uh, lotion is can be used as a type of lubricant. Uh, yeah. And his sexual frustration led to that attempted spontaneous trip to <laughs> Colonial Williamsburg. Very clever writing touch showtime. Well, yes. But also, I mean, I do think it's lotion. But, you know, like, condoms also have some lube on them. And they do. Been, you know, strawberry lube. Yeah. In the long run. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just like, Randy. But Randy didn't even know why he was doing it. So, like, you no. can't, you know, you can't blame him. Um, also, and it was a lot of lotion. He, so... I was like, Randy, that is not a realistic <laughs> amount. Uh, such a gross conversation. But um, <laughs> Matt is like very pumped about, you know, finding making this fine. Yes. He goes, the cuse is loose. Which I'm like, do you really want to be like comparing yourself that with Jerry Simpson though? Like, do you <laughs> actually? I don't, I don't know. I feel like uh, Matt is transported from the 90s. Like he like transplanted himself, which yeah. was like his language and his fashion and his haircut i it's very i i hope i don't hope i mean i hope he's not around very long i don't want him to die necessarily but like maybe get in trouble i think he's gonna die and i don't think i'm gonna be sad about it to be honest yeah i won't be sad about it if um, it but uh this is when kevin points out well she made you because she yep. purposely dealt you bad information but he's like yeah but i'm still the best bleh i'm like shut up Stupid. Hold on. Let me get my eyes from the back of my head. <laughs> um, so we are back in the cabin and Ben finds a drawing. Now, this is so interesting, Marissa. Mm -hmm. I pulled up a picture of this drawing because I was like, you know, me just looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, in a magnifying glass. Normally, you'd be like, oh, it's just roots of a tree, right? It's just roots of a tree trunk, which I will say tree trunks are important on the show. However, if you look closely, there's a woman in the tree trunk. Ooh, and also, if you turn roots upside down, what do they look like? A tree? Ant antlers? Antlers. Totally also, what I was going <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how you're like, I'm going to feed you spoons, spoon, feed you this. <laughs> just like, no. Well, I just like looking at it, and I was like, oh, right. that's like a very intricate, like, uh, antler crown situation. And also yeah. reminded me a lot of Stranger Things. Yeah. Like the whole drawing of the darkness situation. There's yes. a lot happening in this one little like scene line moment. Yes. And uh, Javi says, she told me not to come back. And when Coach Ben says who, he, uh, he says, uh, my friend. And he takes the drawing and walks out. And Ben is like, who is your friend now? You heard me speculate on the on the first podcast of the week. I mm -hmm. said to Grace, what if it's Issa, right? What if it's mm -hmm. Ty's altar? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone on Reddit pointed out uh undercover mother H. I'm oh undercover mother H. That's what it is. 
I'm an idiot. There you go. Uh, They say, I think it's a callback to Doom coming when Van tells Taisa she looks like a tree and Ty morphs into a tree. Also, we know Ty is when Isa comes out, she is like the woman in the tree, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of Ty and tree imagery there. And she goes and she ta- she touches the trees. She's like looking for the like always finding the symbols in the trees. Yes. So there's something there. Um, there someone else on Reddit, uh, consistent week ninety six eighty seven pointed out. Uh, Javi is only spoken to Coach Ben, mm-hmm. the only one who didn't partake in eating Jackie. Maybe that's why Javi spoke to him specifically. How would Javi like? Uh, how would Javi know that? Is that like? Oh, so then that that goes what if he to was the watching the whole like, time? He could have been watching, or the theory of like eating is how the darkness eating Jackie is how the darkness entered, and he recognizes it. Mm-hmm. Like he can feel the vibe. I think it could be it could be any one of those things, right? Like people speculated, oh, the dripping was Javi hiding in the house. He could have seen the whole thing happen. And that's why he's not talking to Travis either. Right. He's terrified of Travis. Right. So do you have any theories of who this friend is? Like, do you think it's I guess the better question is, do you think it's more of an other or is it someone we already know? And I think it's the antler queen. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who that is yet, really. But you think this antler queen yeah. told him. And yeah. worth pointing out that when Shauna tells him to run in that in, in Doom Coming, um, she does have like kind of like yeah. horn like things on her head. So and whether that is a real thing that happened or a manifestation of like or a person like something that happened in Javi's mind mm-hmm. is also a question that I have. Like, is there someone who really told him? not to come back or because he was you know he had run <laughs> he was scared he had put himself in this heightened state mm-hmm. if he just imagined someone saying that to him yeah i feel like it's very it's really easy to jump to tie as the conclusion right now because like we already know she sleepwalks we had the whole thing with sammy where she's like in the tree whatever whatever yeah. I, I do think the look between him and lottie means something and oh, i'm not saying sure. she's antler queen or something but it like it feels very there's something there like, maybe they have had a secret conversation on the side, too. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, Misty returns. She says she lost Crystal. Like, the most. She is not a good actress. The most extra oh, way possible. Crystal. It was is so funny. Yeah. Uh, and um, they're, they're like, oh, my gosh, no, Ty and Shauna are still out there. So, everyone starts screaming for them. Of course, Misty comes outside screaming for Crystal, which is <laughs> hysterical. Uh, and Ty and Shauna can't really see in the blizzard. Shauna is in labor and, uh, everyone in the group starts saying like, what do you hear? And Nat's like, what does that have to do with anything? But they're, they're listening for Ty and Shauna yeah. and Ty is in- enacting, employing some of these methods that mm-hmm. she learned in like the, the, the circle. Um, mm-hmm. I hear my breath. I hear the wind. I feel my friends trying to find us. And it does feel like in the way that the, the voice work is done. It does feel like she can kind of hear the the calls for them or like, like they're, they're calling for each other. Yes. Yeah. I think like uh, the frequency of their vibes are matching <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. It's really weird. It's like they can sense the right direction to go in. Right. And um, like, I wonder, I'm like not an anthropologist, but I wonder if that's what like uh, human communication was like before, like all of this stuff like we were like 
vibey nomadic people and like how could you sense danger how could you sense uh, like a friend versus a foe like a tune to your environment right yeah Yeah. exactly exactly that's interesting and you could also look at the blizzard as like a again a way to increase you think it would make it harder because of the wind but maybe your voice your voice doesn't carry as much in the wind i don't know there's something there um Back in present day, we're in Van's house and we zoom out on this like very fuzzy TV screen. Again, mm-hmm. a lot of fuzziness and staticiness in this season. Uh, Van had fallen asleep. Ty is asleep on the couch. So Van covers her up and then stumbles to the trash to dig out the pills and pops one of them very hastily. Um, now, we did get feedback from Dana saying present day Van's willingness to finish oxycodone pills or fish, excuse me, oxy out of the trash could either mean she's badly addicted to pain medicine or she herself may have had cancer just like her mom did. Mm-hmm. I think it would be more interesting for the show if it's the latter because then it could be used to explain why Van would be willing to uproot her life and potentially return to the Canadian wilderness to help out her friends because she uh, because she's faced with her own mortality and taking a YOLO approach to her life. It also makes sense that she chose to live in a nostalgic environment and, you know, um, mm-hmm. do her own thing type of thing. I could see that. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like this idea. Uh, And so suddenly, Issa turns her around and kisses her. And Van says, you're the other one, aren't you? Uh, And Issa uh, nods. And and Van asks, what do you want? And Issa says, this this isn't how it was supposed to be. Or she says something like, we're not supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean, Issa? Like, who? Who wasn't supposed to be here? You? Van? Issa? Ty? Like, there's three people in this conversation. are you supposed to still be back in the wilderness this feels very much to me like pointing to them going back to the wilderness like we're not supposed to be here we're supposed to be out there right yeah yeah um isa's gonna draw them back together uh so back at the cult lottie says she learned a technique while she was away which made me think like okay when she was away at the um at the mental health facility or where was she? She says, breathe and listen to my voice. Watch the light. No matter how difficult it is, Mm -hmm. allow yourself to go back and picture the last time you saw Travis alive. This reminded me of a technique called EDMR where you like, you follow the light and you put Mm -hmm. yourself in a parasympathetic state and you can get back into a um, memories memory without necessarily like fishing for it. It just like can pop up. Interesting. Um, so Nat says she sees a beach. She hadn't seen Travis in a while. He had a job and was seeing some girl. Part of her wanted to ruin it, but another part of her just missed him. But then, so, cause we see the same image we've seen of Travis many times over the course of the show where he's like shirtless, like laying, he looks very happy, mm-hmm. but then it switches mm-hmm. and the beach is just a painting and they're doing Coke together. And then Nat is unconscious. She, and this is like, you scene. remember yes. you saw the paramedics yes yes and i i want to say i speculated that this was what it was that she was like uh strung out or something and, and overdosing or something i think so i think she was in the same position like we just saw from a different angle this yeah. time than we did the, the original time yeah so we see nat is now unconscious she sees the crash site but it's different they're all dead she sees us they didn't make it. None of them. They weren't out there alone. And then we see the antler queen walking down the aisle of the of the plane. And then don't we also see? Oh yeah, no, that's later. The shadow too. Like the antler queen is around. Ooh, she there. She there. <laughs> um, the paramedics are there. Travis is yelling at her to wake up. 
And Nat says, I saw it. I felt it. Oh, this is sorry. Nat waking up out of the uh, mm-hmm. being um, unconscious from the drugs. She says, I saw it. I felt it. We brought it back. We brought it back with us. Like, yeah. So like she sees these bodies that were like charred in the plane. Right. Yeah. So that could be seen as a number of very it different very things. Much like they're poking at the lost thing. Yes. Like they were good the whole time. Yeah. That's yes. not the show. I don't think yes. so. I don't think so either. But that could be the darkness. Like that, like it's very dark. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's um what she's what she's referring to there. But I don't know. Like when she said I saw it, was she talking about the Antler Queen? Was she talking about the what is she talking about the darkness? I think she's talking about the dark. Well, it could be one of the Are they one and the same? Yeah, exactly. She says, Oh, then Nat, we go back to Nat and Lottie, and she says there was some darkness out there with us or in us. It still is. That's what I was right about. And uh, and we do hear, remember, because Travis talks about the darkness and wanting to get close to it. So Nat leans into Lottie's lap, and I can't wait to get into this next week because I feel like we're gonna have to. Uh, we see (laughs) Nat is her younger self, younger actress. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's leaning into Lottie's lap and Lottie looks really afraid. And as she's looking around, she sees a shadow of the antler queen on the ground. Now, I love how the show plays with us because it could be Lottie is the antler queen and that's her shadow. Or it could be that the shadow is the antler queen and it, like, it is literally the darkness looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be the antler queen shows up when more one or more of them are together. Like yeah. the, the combination of, of people brings forth the antler queen yeah fantastic amazing uh and uh then we see misty bringing the buzzer <laughs> to get into the cult can you help me please i want to join that's how you do it that's how you uh fly under the radar and join a cult. yeah uh back in 1996 ty and shauna make it back to the cabin shauna screams and the episode ends on the amazing song Mother by Danzig. Like, so, so perfect. A way to end that episode. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we're uh, having a baby. That's that's happening. Having a baby. Uh, this is going to be amazing. I can understand, like, I don't understand the skip week. I never will. But uh, they're leaving us on a cliffhanger here, right? Where she's having the baby. We don't know what's going to happen with the baby. Because the baby is a big deal. The baby is a big deal. Yeah. Um, but we did get some amazing feedback. Uh, Marissa, we heard from Missy. Yes. Here. Missy wrote in and said, is Nat being genuine with Lottie and her and her flashback about the time she saw Travis? Or is it all part of her plan that she told Missy she was working on? I think she's uh, messing with Lottie. Javi tells Coach, she told me not to come back. I think he is talking about Shauna. When they were all shroom tripping, she told him to run back but maybe he hallucinated and said, run and not come back. I don't know, but OMG, I love the show. Yeah, this is interesting. Not feels very genuine with Lottie in that moment. I don't know. I think especially because we get younger Nat being comforted yeah. by current Lottie. There, I mean, I think, I think Nat maybe wishes she was like messing with Lottie but she's she's really kind of at the end of her resources in this case and is using this opportunity to help herself yeah I think obviously we have a lot of unreliable narrators on this show and it's not always easy to tell who's being genuine or who and who isn't that all felt very real to me like her description of everything felt very real and I again I tend to lean on if the show is literally showing us this stuff, then it probably is mm-hmm. true versus mm-hmm. someone telling a lie. 
um, we heard from Dana, uh, Misty killing Crystal via intimidation is foreshadowing and might be prepping viewers for how she'll kill Walter in present day. The events of this episode revealed just how dangerous Walter is. The fact that he knows all the dirty deeds that Misty and her friends have been up to and yet hasn't gone to law enforcement with what he knows is a major red flag. Sure, Kevin Tan is investigating Shauna, but Walter's involvement could greatly expedite things. I recently saw the Timothy Chalamet movie Bones and All, and I've got a new theory that mm -hmm. Walter himself may be a cannibal. Whoa. And I know. And he can suss <laughs> out other cannibals like Misty and friends. Maybe he wants to be friends with them, but perhaps he wants to eat them. A oh, cannibal boy. who hunts and eats other cannibals. That'd be the very tippy top of the food chain, the true apex predator. I wouldn't be surprised if his bizarre breakfast food choices <laughs> last episode might just have been his poor attempt at covering up what his true food craving is human flesh. Oh my goodness. This is why I, Dana. Love I love getting feedback because this is wild, but like it could happen. It's true. It could happen. And I guess if he was trying to cover it up, he would have made a, a ham egg taco. Yeah. With mustard on with it. Mustard. Um, I, I, I am on board the Misty killing uh, Walter, though. Like, I do think that might be how things And I up. think it might happen in a very similar way that we saw with Kristen in terms of, like, it, maybe he or she pushes him off the boat. Because... She's intimidating him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's he greatly underestimates her, I think, yes. is the problem. Agreed. Um, uh, we also heard from Allie, Marissa. Yeah. Allie wrote in talking about her, her favorite. One of her favorite movies is Groundhog's Day. She knows it so well. So when I, the description of the episode came out, I thought there could be a connection. Rise and shine. Don't forget to get your booties out because it's cold out there. Bill Murray hears the same line. Uh, pl um, plus a little every day when he wakes up. Things seem to be repeating themselves throughout this episode Callie and the cop in the bowling alley almost have the exact same conversation that Shauna and Adam were having while playing mini golf uh -huh. did you just hustle me girls keep telling Travis to help his brother and when and he's only doing it on his own terms Travis gets mad at Nat for betraying him and even says I'm good when Nat t tries to tell him to go hunting again Misty and Walter in the car, very reminiscent of Misty and Nat in the car, going to find Travis, but this time Misty is in Nat's role, determined to get somewhere, and Walter is in Misty's role, excited and wanting to connect. I bet Walter uh, gives her an <laughs> owl, <laughs> owl oil diffuser next. That's very funny. <laughs> Shauna and Tia are... Uh, Shauna and Ty's fight in the woods reminds me of Shauna and Jackie's fight. Ty's in the uh, the closest thing that Shauna has for a new best friend. Kevin Tan True. is back in the hotel room of an old classmate. Mm -hmm. Coach Ben is standing in the room with windows looking at weird drawings. And Javi says, she told me not to come back. Is totally Sammy telling Ty he was black um he was blocking his windows with no pictures to see the lady in the tree the bad one wouldn't look at him i'm convinced the person javi was with is isa and he came back because she had stopped talking or taking care of him since van started waking up with her and ty isa was waking up she was actually out with javi that makes a lot of sense to me because like Ty is the one who found Javi, right? Maybe he's like, oh, is it Issa? Is it her? And it's Ty with Van and he sees Van. So he runs away, right? Like, I do think there is a lot narratively there that you can connect the, the dots. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Shiraz, one other connection of Van digging the pills out of the trash is totally not finding the cocaine pile on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think it is interesting to look at a, at a show, especially a mystery show like this, where uh, similar actions are happening between different characters. And especially when there's two different timelines, like what are the lines we can connect here? I love a good ground Groundhog's Day call out. It is also one of my favorite movies. So uh, thanks for writing in Allie. Yeah, that's amazing. I love these connections that people find these connections with other forms of media. It's very fun. Yes. Um, from Tracy, of course, the anagram, yes. the anagram lover, Tracy. Uh, she decided to go with Shauna Shipman. Uh, apologies to Jeff. I'm using her maiden name. <laughs> um, so, several of the anagrams are very fitting to yellow jackets. Has human pains. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially this pregnant. episode. <laughs> yes. ASAP human skin. <laughs> Uh, there are many other great anagrams decoded for Shauna's name that it's ridiculous. A wealth of riches this week. Here's just some of the many that tickled me. Anna Amish push, Anna high smash up, Asian humans, <laughs> PH, a human Spanish. <laughs> a- These are ridiculous. Anus mishap. Nah, what? Ham that NASA sounds punish. Like, uh, <laughs> Jeff would say. Yes. <laughs> nah. Uh, Ash in human spa, hash mania puns, and hush in panamas. Multiple uh, thank- panamas. Yes, thank you so much, Tracy. <laughs> These are delightful. Please keep them coming. We always appreciate them. Um, and then of course we also heard. So last week, I don't know if you uh, if you listened last week, you heard me talk about one of my favorite theories that we had found about locks and Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. uh, from a redditor who reached out to us. Her name is Stacy. Thank you so much, Stacy, for writing in. Can I tell you? I was in my car waiting to get five guys when I saw this come in and I almost screamed in my car. I immediately messaged her son. I was like, she found us. I was like, our celebrity. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, she says uh, she does have another theory um, that relates to what do clock the clocks do? Ooh. They either keep something out or they keep something in. If all of the symbols on the trees create the shape of one large symbol, is this the way of creating a boundary mm-hmm. to confine something to that particular part of the forest? Mm-hmm. Sort of like a salt ring and the occult. It literally could be locking it into place. I theorized that blood upon the symbol acts like a key, like what we Ooh. saw happen when the blood got on the baby blanket symbol and it brought the birds. And the entity wants blood spilled on the quote unquote locks to open them. And when all the locks are open, it is set free. Let the darkness set us free. Perhaps the cabin guy in the attic was there as a guard. Perhaps there are mining tunnels underground and the digging set something free, just like they did in the Lord of the Rings. The dwarves released the Balrog and they needed to confine it. Anyway, lots of crazy theories and they mean they may mean nothing. I was a huge Lost fan. In fact, I named my daughter Evangeline after Aww. Evangeline Lily. It's probably why I love the show so much, but there are almost too many overlaps to Lost I'm also of the camp that I'm not sure that Crystal is real. No interaction with her is done without Misty being present. I think Misty has manifested her as a coping mechanism based on their dialogue uh, and events that led up to Crystal's appearing. Also, Crystal can mean clear or invisible. So I guess we will wait and see. Uh, Thanks for the shout out. It's really fun to think of all these theories, just like in the good old days of Lost when we just had message boards and no Reddit. And to that I say, I totally agree with you, Stacey. I definitely did the same exact thing when Lost was on. So... (laughs) Um, very fun to hear from you. We hope you hear from, we hear from you again. Uh, Marissa, do yeah. you want to move on to our Ooh. Reddit roundup? Yeah, we have, um, a lot going on on Reddit this so week. Uh, we will share this mean post, but I did just want to point it out. Um, I think this was one that caught both of our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, basically talking about like 
Twin Peaks <laughs> and like Greek and Roman mythology. But yeah, looking at, at the symbol as a whole, um, you know, some of the things this uh, Redditor, hold on, I noted the name, Moral, Moral Code, Code, Moral yeah. Code um, pointed out is that um, like this could just be a big allegory for the underground, like the area that the wilderness is in. Um, so they point to Circe, who uh, maintained boundaries between the, the realms of the living and the dead, helping the deceased into the afterlife. The underworld, we saw that whole scene uh, last episode with the mall kind yes. of underworldy and w- when lottie has like the candles going up to like the altar that looks very like underground hatchy type of stuff yes yes um and they talk about how in the story of of Circe's, there's caves and a lake and this lake is called lake avernus and it has ca- its caves were considered by roman society to be the entrance to hades a portal to the underworld guarded by Circe's. in virgil's the aeneid Aeneas descends to the underground through a cave near the lake with the assistance of Cumian Sibyl, who, like Circe's, is the guardian of the underworld. Here's where this Redditor and I, Marissa, as reading this, actually gasped. According to tradition, all birds flying over Lake Avernus were destined to fall dead. Sound familiar? (laughs) Not only like the birds that fell on the cabin, but Laura Lee's plane explosion, but the Yellow Jacket's plane to begin with. Avarice means birdless. Apparently, the mm-hmm. death of the birds is likely due to toxic fumes that um, the mouths of the crater gave into this atmosphere. So uh, we will share this entire post because it also includes a, a visual, visual yeah. of the symbol and how you can look at like the main horizontal line as like the horizon and then like below that could be the underworld and reflection of above which is the mountain and the sun and then maybe the hook is actually Circe's sickle so this this is one like and this is just I would say like two like a third of this post there was so much in this post to, to really dig into but the whole uh lake bird thing really really got me yeah some wild amazing theories on reddit i'll go into my pick marissa and then we can go into to your pick for yeah, the yeah you'll go for it um so uh from liz sass on reddit uh they made a post about the queen of hearts mm. um and they say i made a post earlier today regarding the antler queen's identity i've been trying to figure out where the queen of hearts cards comes in so as sort of a prequel to my earlier post i'm starting to think the queen of hearts cards start out as something positive that is symbolic of lottie the queen mm. of hearts is said to symbolize symbolize a sincere loving tender-hearted woman as well as a mother figure which at this point sounds a lot like lottie lottie will start out as the og antler queen in more of a high priestess role using the card as a sort of totem in her meditation circles where she urges the group to listen and communicate with the wilderness but as their situation grows more and more desperate the card and the antler queen role take on a much darker meaning i think dark tie aka isa for us will steal the card in one of her fugue states and black out the eyes man with no eyes we've been told the man with no eyes symbolizes death the queen of hearts becomes the death card a la Alice in Wonderland, Ooh. off with their heads. Dark tie will start to dominate Lucid tie and overthrow Lottie in the leadership role. I think the reason Lottie is so haunted by the past and feels that there's blood on her hands is because she encouraged the group to embrace the wilderness and feels responsible for letting the quote-unquote darkness in and allowing to take hold. Dark tie is the new antler queen and embodiment of the darkness. A new ritual is born, and we all know what that looks like. So uh it fascinating this is fascinating to me i think 
I love this theory because it gives a lot of explanation to like why the eyes are crossed out. Oh the yeah. Queen of Hearts card. Um, I, I mean, I think we've all been obsessed with these cards and how they come into play, but I really loved that theory. So shout out to Liz Sass. Yeah. And I can also see, cause I think like before this week, the pull of power was definitely between like uh, Lottie and uh, Ty, like yeah. in terms of where, you know, power was going. Yeah. Um, so now they're kind of like aligned, but it, something I think is going to happen. And they're still not together in the present time. Exactly. So yeah. there's something, there's something, something there. to that. Yep. I just have a fun one from representational yam. Uh, <laughs> his name's killing every week I love who it. theorized I have a harebrained theory that Callie is pregnant what if all with what if all the weird stuff going on with Lottie Travis and Ty is because Callie got pregnant and is now the wilderness and now the wilderness wants the baby I think Shauna's baby will be born alive but they will have to sacrifice it to the forest not killing it or eating it but I think they will have to give it to the wilderness now that Callie is pregnant the wilderness is awake again and wants the baby I think like that connection this is mm-hmm. Marissa talking uh the connection between the two timelines here is something that uh representational yam is also pulling on uh i thought it was interesting that they had a scene where shauna finds callie's condoms with callie being 17 in a relationship or at least was i would think that shauna would assume she's having sex i thought it's all it just seemed weird that they would have a scene about this uh, when it happened. I also think Callie is going to get dragged into the yellow jacket stuff now that she knows about her mom killing Adam. I think she will end up going to Lottie's camp with Shauna and Lottie will figure out that she's pregnant. Oh, don't steal another baby, Lottie. <laughs> I, I think they all realize that the wilderness wants um, they'll all f- realize what the wilderness wants once they figure out that Callie is pregnant and that is where the you're going to hate us stuff from the adult cast is coming from i know this is reaching but it's what i think about when i'm bored at work uh don't we all relational content totally yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't know if callie's pregnant but i just thought i'd toss it out there into the ether as representationally i did just to see for consideration yeah i love it i absolutely love it i love all these theories again if you have theories if you have a podcast for the uh, show push recaps.com slash buzz 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 send it in Come straight to our email so we get to see it. And I, I, I love, I love reading these series. We it's read so every fun. single one. So. Yeah, even if we don't read them on the yeah. podcast, trust that we read them. Um, this was such a fun podcast. I'm gonna miss. <laughs> I'm not gonna miss the podcast. We are gonna be back next week, but I am gonna miss having yes. another episode to consume. Especially oh, to consume. Ah. Uh, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. given where this one ended. I know. I know. Um, but this was amazing. Marissa, as always, it's so lovely to chat with you about yellow jackets. Where, where can people hear you? What else do you have to plug? What else is going Uh, on? As for myself, I am kicking off a new podcast with Jason Reed about the show Citadel, which uh, is giving me very much alias vibes. So Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Lost people. I was not a lost person until like the finale happened and I watched all of the episodes so that I could watch the finale live. Like that was my big my okay. big thing and then I was like oh I got it but I was totally an alias person as alias was going on alias had its own mystery thing sort of 
haphazardly mm-hmm. happening in that. Uh, but Citadel is a, a spy show giving me some alias vibes. Jason and I will be talking about it. It's on Amazon Prime. Kicks off on the 28th next week. So you can catch that coverage here on Post Show Recaps. Other than that, I'm helping out on the Ted Lasso podcast here. And if anything else is new coming up, you can catch me on Twitter at MarsBars, M-A-R-Z-B-A-R-S. What's going on with you these days, Jess? I'm at the Jess Sterling. I'm mostly talking Yellow Jackets and Succession. This week you can catch me on the Versus podcast where I get to talk both of my favorite things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited about that. And then, of course, if you like 90s content, which if you like this show, you might, um, catch me at Shit 90 Shows Taught Me covering Dawson's Creek with the amazing Sarah Ferguson. This uh, month we did a, hey, we know them um, a theme where we basically are pulling other movies that stars from Dawson's Creek have started in so we talked about varsity blues and then uh coming out very soon we uh you can hear um me and sarah joined by your friend and mine uh marissa ariel Ooh, and we talked about but i'm a cheerleader which <laughs> good call. I, good I had never seen that movie and um let me tell you it was a hoot it was a hoot and a half it was very <laughs> fun um so go check out everything we're up to over at shit 90s pod you could check me at the Just Sterling. And of course, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, don't forget postureacups.com slash yellow jackets. Leave us a rating and review. We so greatly appreciate it. We know there are tons of yellow jackets podcasts out there. So the mm-hmm. fact that you're listening an hour and a half in means maybe you like it and want to give us five stars because we would appreciate it. Um, I think that's all we have. So join us next week for a little bit of a bonus podcast mid- midway through the season. We stop down. We're going to have some fun discussing trauma. Um, and then next week we'll be back with episode six. It'll be so, funny. I promise. It'll be really fun. Don't worry. We I think we're pretty funny. So we'll yeah. make it very fun. Yeah. Um, but until then, buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs>